0: Welcome to the Conversion Tracking Playbook, where we share how to overcome tracking challenges that e-commerce brands face today and real-world examples of transforming data into insights. Welcome back to another episode of the Conversion Tracking Playbook. I'm your host, Brad Redding, and today is going to be I love it or hate it type of episode. But before I get into that, I do have a favor to ask. I think this is, will be episode 17 or 18, maybe 20, around there. I'd love a couple things if you've listened to a few of these episodes in the past. Number one, if you have any feedback, good or bad, one of our core values as a company is keep it real. I'd love to hear from you. Just shoot me an email, brad at getelovar.com or actually and or you can do both. If you know anyone who would love this type of podcast where we get in the weeds on tracking and analytics and conversion optimization, if you could just do me a favor and share it with them, it'll just help me continue to see growth and listeners and honestly just keep momentum up and uh, motivation up to keep doing these as uh, I do enjoy them and love sharing knowledge, of what we're going through and seeing with our customers, and want to be sure we continue to do that. So, with that out of the way, this episode. Simply is going to be me running through our list of customer success, customer support questions. So we have a a daily sync that we started a a while back. And essentially it's a way, it's optional for anyone, but anybody in the team can drop in any sort of technical questions that they're stuck on. So these are generally either questions that are coming up during our own onboarding or audit implementations or questions that come up from existing customers and this these could be basic customers just on our data layer plan or those using more complex server side integrations and uh, there's just a lot. So I thought it'd be interesting for those that are in the weeds on tracking and just get a little bit of insight on the type of questions that come through and you can see the wide variety of uh, knowledge that uh our amazing team is ultimately just soaking in on a day-to-day basis. All right. So I don't know how this is gonna go, I'm just winging it here. So I'm starting at the top. Question number one is if an offline order, so a recurring order or point of sale order as an example is sent to GA via our L of our server side integration, does that come with a new session or does it does it potentially connect with the previous session for that user? I should have clarified before going into these. I'm not going to answer all these questions because I probably wouldn't make it more than two or three in. Uh, But again, this is a question around um, offline orders that come in through different sources and do they potentially connect back to a session where the user might have been browsing but didn't actually purchase through the online store. The next question. uh, So this is actually a customization to the Google ads dynamic remarketing tag. And this is specifically on a bundled product page. So think about a product page that has multiple products where a user clicks add to cart once and adds three, four, five, six, seven products to cart or to the cart and uh, customizing how this data is being passed back to Google ads to potentially connect back to dynamic remarketing or individual remarketing campaigns based on that product. So that was question number two. Uh, another one that comes up very regularly is cross-domain tracking, or potentially subdomain to primary domain tracking. This can be potentially um, international sites where you have different subdomains. It could be you have a, uh, we have some customers that use WebFlow or other landing page products that live off of Shopify, and they drive a lot of traffic there, and then push them to the Shopify site. So sometimes the initial integrations won't work out of the box because when you install Elevar through the app, it's only connecting to your Shopify store. there There is not a connection at this point directly to Webflow or another landing page builder that again, has really no no direct connection to Shopify per se. So it's the nuance of folks that are coming in through a subdomain or a completely different domain. And it's again, think landing page driving them through a story, and then driving them back to the Shopify site to add the cart and complete their purchase. The next question, so this typically comes up, I would say, in very very nuanced question, uh, nuanced Google Analytics audits. So this is a, is a question around uh, the session settings. So in the inside the property, there is a feature called uh, I think it's just called session duration settings, but it, It's it's right by the campaign settings. By default, Google sets us to 30 minutes. So basically if someone is dormant on your site for 31 minutes, then they come back and send another hit to GA, then Google will treat that as a new session. So you can extend that to a maximum of four hours if you want. So it's a question on the pros and cons to doing that and what potential change in data. The reason why you would want to increase that to four hours or, or the maximum is try to prevent the number of direct sessions that come through but this particular question was around that and expectations to consider all right moving on to our next question this was around our reddit implementation so we have a pre-built container for reddit and this particular customer wanted to pass additional metadata in the tag so we have the base tags and variables set up and they wanted to add additional metadata to pass back to reddit for whatever reason that they might be uh, customizing their campaigns or audiences within reddit the next one are seeing some sporadic null values for order ids so in this particular uh, customer they're looking at our facebook error log so the error log that's going to facebook this is a a new feature that we released to production last week that'll give you a it's like a magnifying glass Uh, that might not be the best way to describe it but you can see all of the responses and essentially look at the data that Elevar and your your integration is sending to the Facebook conversion API and the responses that come back from the Facebook conversion API. And that is one of the nuances with conversion API integrations is the API has to give you a response back. It has to give you at minimum a success or failure. Uh, Some APIs will give you, if there is an error, an error code, which Facebook does. Others, like Google Analytics, they don't give you any error codes for the most part. So sometimes it can be a real guessing game to see what the issue is. But for this one, Facebook conversion API, uh, seeing some orders that did not have an order ID included with it. And this one, so there have been circumstances in the last year or so where uh, I can't remember the the exact month, but uh, Shopify made a change to their order ID and checkout ID and Essentially they, I think it was the, the order order ID and order name, but during high traffic periods, they would essentially bypass uh, the processing page, send people right to the thank you page before the order was actually created. And they would fall back, instead of relying on the order ID or order name, they would fall back to the checkout ID. So we, when this happened, and this, you don't need to be an L of our customers see this, but uh, it was like a black Friday, I think it was 2020 or 2021, where you'd see a mix of order IDs and GA. So you'd see the longer string, which is the checkout ID, which isn't as clean as the order name that you'd see inside of Shopify. So I'm, I'm guessing this customer, this customer may have been on the client side tracking still, where sometimes there are instances that you'll have a, potentially an order ID that isn't available. From Shopify's perspective, they're just trying to make a better customer experience so they're not sitting and waiting on a processing page so they let the customer go to the thank you page and uh, process everything after the fact the next question so this particular one is customizing the data layer on site so customizing customizing the data layer script um, adding uh, some additional property data that exists on the page so think meta tags or metadata uh, adding this into the data layer and that way that data can be passed to other marketing tags or custom dimensions. It's a pretty common one that comes through. Uh, The next one is around TikTok and deduplicating events. So one customer was not seeing some events or all events deduplicating inside of TikTok. And the question was, is there a deduplication tester inside of, or deduplication test or validator inside of TikTok? Uh, There is not at this point. not like you can see with Facebook and generally have to start pushing test data in and just validating on a event-by-event uh, event basis in their event log or their test their uh, test event log. Uh, the next one was actually a question that came through on Measure Slack and uh, just around the use of rewriting UTM parameters for GTM server-side integration for UA and GA4. Uh, that is going to be one that will continue to evolve. The next question is, we have and by the way i didn't actually look at this list before so this is first time seeing some of these but i recognize this one that's come up a lot and this one is actually looking at modifying or truncating the product name inside of the hit going to google analytics so think you know under armour black t-shirt and wanting to truncate that to under armour shirt or something like that Ter- terrible example but in any case looking at truncating something after the name so this one specifically had there's a pipe symbol in the product name that exists on the product page and the customer wanted to truncate everything uh, including the pipe and after when sending that hit to GA so the nuance of of this question was around what uh, what should they expect to happen in GA so the one obvious one is if if they're looking at historical data and trying to compare based on product name or pulling that data into another tool that that comparison would likely break if they are anchoring to SKU or another product ID a couple other things but that's really the main thing to consider the couple of other recommendations is if they can change the name inside of Shopify that would also change it on the in any variable that's picking that product name variable up on the front end but a lot of nuances there with what's expected and what product catalog dependencies there are All right, so the next one is how to send UTM parameters as custom dimensions to GA. And this one is likely see this a little bit more with GA4, or we are starting to see these requests more with with GA4. And uh, again, I think just with the the unknown of GA4 and people wanting to potentially push data, even if it exists already, but push them in ways that uh, they might be able to access it more through data studio reports or integrations with a big query, et cetera but that is a, uh, another common request that's coming through. Uh, we have a request to fire a view product event uh, on somebody expanding a quick view. So this is something that comes up every now and then where there's a lot of activity on collection pages that don't always trigger a prototypical product page view. So if someone's expanding the quick view uh, through a you know view more details of that product, but they remain on a collection page. Is how to customize that to send a product view to Facebook or potentially other channels. All right. The next question we have is around actually our product integration. So the question is Is there any way that webhooks will automatically get disconnected? And if you're using the our fully managed setup, know that your webhook should never get automatically disconnected or removed. Uh, the reason for that is the Elevar app will always return a successful response like, hey, this endpoint exists. But if you are using a GTM server side container and you have, let's say you've deployed your Shopify webhook with the Elevar app, but you have not published our custom client, That exists in the GTM server side container that is ultimately listening for that webhook. Then, after a certain number of failures, Shopify will automatically remove the webhook. So, basically, what happens in that circumstance, the webhook is added to your Shopify admin. And basically, it's pointing, uh, trying to send that order or other events to your server container. And the server container is looking, uh, has a client that essentially just think like Shopify dash notifications. Uh, dot js Uh, that that uh, endpoint does not exist in your server container because that container has not been published Uh, so shopify will just continue getting errors uh uh, either like a 202 or 400 or some other error codes as well but in any case they'll get errors and shopify will just to reduce um, error load on their side will remove the webhooks. so that can happen uh and primarily just in gtm server-side container instances in the elevar app uh, I think we, this product release was Q4, but we added the ability to test your notifications inside the uh, server side settings. So you can validate that uh, your endpoint in the server side container is working as expected. We're going to do a couple more here because I have no idea how this episode's going. I don't know if this is way, way too much in the weeds or boring or has no context, but uh, so we'll do a couple more and then I'd love to hear your feedback on this uh, if this is interesting at all. All right. I don't know if there's another podcast that exists out there where someone's literally just going through their uh, customer success <laughs> daily sync and pulling out all the customer success questions. All right. So, the last couple. One is around the uh, Cappy subscribe event. So this is primarily focused on our recharge integration and a recharge integration that will look for first time orders, but we also look for recurring orders. So if you want recurring orders to go to GA or Facebook Cappy, et cetera, that is a setting that you have control over. So that is another common question. I'd say it's about 50 50 in terms of people that want to send uh, recurring orders to, to Facebook or not. And the last one that we'll go through, this will be around, uh, this is capturing the user ID, session ID and custom dimensions um, and also the Shopify customer ID. So you have the two that are GA specific with the user ID and session ID. Uh, and then we have, or the user ID can actually map to the Shopify customer ID as well. But in any case, it's, it's grabbing a couple of these different IDs and passing them not only to Universal Analytics, but also to GA4, uh, especially with the built-in BigQuery integration, where you can just automatically build that connection and start pulling data out and doing your own analysis. Last but not least, I'll get the ne- next one here, which is also a pretty common one, is the Google Optimize snippet uh, showing an error. Uh, and then Tag Assistant, even though it's, everything looks to be set up properly, and this can happen on headless sites where the scripts can't be detected in the source code. So if you are trying to use a tag assistant, it might not be able to detect detect the, uh, in this case, optimize because it's being loaded in a different manner. So that is something that can come up. And usually if it is a headless site, uh, we would need to work with a development team to make sure that everything is configured properly. So that's it. That is a list of, I don't know how many questions I went through today, but I don't know just want to try something new and give again the the idea behind this podcast is to give you the listener visibility into what's happening in the world of tracking and elevar and what's coming up with our customers and this was an easy way just to give you a real live glimpse so if this was cool or you enjoyed it leave a review or shoot me an email Brad at elevar otherwise the next one maybe won't be uh such as boring or exciting depending on how i felt about this one all right that's it see ya did you enjoy today's episode if so we release two new episodes per week so be sure to subscribe to this podcast on spotify apple podcasts or anywhere else that you subscribe and listen to your podcasts i also have a favor to ask I'd really appreciate if you could leave a comment or review so I can learn exactly how to improve future episodes for you. And last but not least, if you want to connect with me, find me on LinkedIn by searching Brad Redding at Elevar. That's E-L-E-V-A-R. Or you can DM me on Twitter. My handle is I am Brad Redding. I look forward to connecting with you. Thanks again.